music and I am not an AI. I'm a black, trans, queer, Brazilian, immigrant, artist, creator, and genderless business mogul, and I'm your internet friend. This is your internet friend's podcast. It's a podcast where I talk to our internet friends about the cool art they're making, but also explore the weirder sides of the internet with. Today, I have Adrian of Afrofuture Youth with us to talk about the important work they're doing, but also shed some more light about what Afrofuturism is and what we can do. Adrian. Hi, how are you? What can you tell us about you? Well, thank you for that awesome intro. I'm just so excited to be talking to you. Um, I'm Adrian. I am a 27-year-old, well, going on 28 in like two weeks, but 27-year-old um, non-binary woman. Pronouns are she, her, they, them. Um, grew up on the east side of Detroit my whole life. Um, all I know is east side, um, native Detroiter. I am an intentional healer. So for me, what that looks like is um, I'm a level one Reiki practitioner, level two coming soon. I'm a trained medium and espiritista. Um, I practice Ifa, so I'm an Avarisha, child of Yemeya, and what's on my heart in my baby is Afrofuture Youth. I'm the founder and co-director of um, Afrofuture Youth, and I'm sure I'll get more time to explain what AFY is uh, through Isaac and I talking. Yes, definitely. What can you tell us about Afrofuture Youth and the important work that you guys do? Oh, man. Afrofuture Youth was uh, started in 2018. Um, I founded it and I I direct it. And um, it's an allied media sponsored project that or sponsored program which is a Detroit-based youth organization um, consisting of Black teens, solely Black teens. And the purpose of this organization is to give these Black teenagers in Detroit um, space and tools to cultivate or, and co-cultivate, excuse me, the future that they want to see for all aspects of Black lives. So it's about them co-creating a future together that encompasses everything that they feel like we need more of and that they want to see more of based off of the arts, tech, media, and healing. So as long as whatever it is they feel like we need to see more of in our city that impacts all aspects of Black lives, meaning all Black trans lives, um, fellow Black youth, Black women, um, especially the most marginalized, right? as long as whatever they come up with ties into the arts, tech, media, or healing, it is a go. And how they do this is they first go through a curriculum. This curriculum focuses on healing modalities in order to teach them how to actually heal themselves and how to not harm themselves and other people through this traumatic ass world. Um, And that looks like ancestor connection, learning about energy, centering and grounding ourselves, meditating, yoga, crystals, tarot, um, whichever, you know, they feel most called to out of these various modalities, learning how to heal themselves, and then political analysis, which teaches them, or excuse me, which adds depth, because I believe I'm not teaching them anything new. I'm just adding depth to what they already know. So it adds depth to their understanding of social inequities, um, which would be like the water shutoffs, people slut-shaming, transphobia, racism, anti-blackness, poisoned water, um, um, lack of grocery stores, all of the things that we're facing that puts 
uh, black lives at risk, they're learning or um, getting depth added to their understanding of these things. So now they can understand, well, we know how to heal, but this is the part that teaches us why the healing is even necessary. What's putting us in positions to have to heal? We have to be able to make that connection. And then lastly, it's um, mobilizing. How do we, now that we know what's wrong and how to heal from it, um, come together to mobilize and create what we actually do want to see. This curriculum is very intentional because it would be very irresponsible of myself to just send them into the world and tell them to create spaces for the community based off what they want to see and they're harming the community. Um, I've seen that too many times in the Detroit art scene specifically. There's no understanding of what safe spaces really looks like and no understanding of what's happening socially that impacts us and in, in, as far as impacting our intersecting identities. And so that's why they go through that curriculum because we just don't wanna recreate harm. And then they create long-term projects after that curriculum, which again, those projects focus on art, tech, media, and healing. And um, it's with them working one-on-one -on -one under local artists, organizers, and healers in the city in order to do that work. So they are connected with someone who's already out here doing these things who can guide them. Um, so that's what it is. And I'm very proud of all 11 of them. And I do want to say we take intentional time to make sure we have space for Black young girls, um, gender non-conforming and non-binary youth and trans youth over Black cishet boys. Black cishet boys are allowed to be a part of the group, but I want to make sure they don't take over this space. And so I only leave a couple spots for Black cishet boys, like no more than three out of 11. Um, and that's out of safety and protection for my trans youth, queer youth, and um, Black young girls or non-binary participants. Wow. Yeah. I'm so happy to get to see and witness someone initiating, but also building something so important and necessary right here in our community. Um, so far, are there any projects or youth that have been your favor that you've seen them do or initiate? You said, what are some of the favorite projects that my youth have done? Yeah. So we just actually kicked everything off, like as far as the program in February, right? So we were at the first part of the curriculum, which was them getting a deeper understanding of what Afrofuturism is and then going into the healing part of the curriculum. They were planning a film series and then COVID hit. They were brainstorming. We already had the venue secured. We were just finalizing a date. Um, so that would have been the first project. They actually have not gotten to create anything just yet to bring to the public because of COVID. Now they were planning the film series, although, you know, I said the long-term projects don't come until after the curriculum mm -hmm. is done. We were in a position where we're like, hey, we still need to raise money. So they were like, let's do, let's do a film series, mm -hmm. um, especially because we were at that point in the curriculum learning about Afrofuturism through film. And so they decided to say, well, what do we want to see more of in the Black film sphere? Mm -hmm. And I was going to be very intentional on helping them with that again. So since they didn't finish the curriculum, so they did not go out and harm other people or other people did not harm them, um, decided to just give them that pass to do that, but it never did come to be. So all the projects and things that were done before programming started was by myself and an ex-co-director who um, we were raising money for the program then. 
for programming to start. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of adaption, and I've seen some really great programs adapt to being held virtually, and I know it's not always optimal and what we would like, but if we can't take and hold up space in real life, then sometimes we just need to figure out how we can do that virtually, and I would totally be down to try to help you guys figure that out too if you needed to, just so you know that it can still be done in some way, so you don't totally give up on that. Yeah, you know, it's just been a lot of, thank you for saying that first off, and I know it can be done, and we've adjusted a little, I can think about that, and we can, and myself and them can think about that together. I don't believe in rushing anything, I believe in taking time. Yes, definitely. Time is the big non-renewable resource, right? Um, Quickly or just briefly, could you explain what Afrofuturism is for some of those who may not be super familiar with it? Sure. So how Afrofuturism started and how it's most commonly understood, I would say, is um, looking at media and creating media through a science fiction a black science fiction lens which means black people creating black science fiction work and when i say science fiction what people commonly think of with this is black people in space black futuristic things you know Mm -hmm. um aliens and just anything that you think of those are just the first couple things that pop in my mind when i think of futuristic things you know um and that's i think how people commonly look at it um however and an an example with how it's most commonly looked at can be black panther Uh, a not so common example how it can be looked at is um is blade i don't think people talk about blade enough as a piece of Afrofuturist work. And I also want to move forward and use the term Black Futurism and Black Futurist because I found out that a white man coined the term Afrofuturism. So, no. So moving <laughs> forward, I have to remember calling this Black Futurism work. So for me, yes, those are, those things I just named are Black Futurism. It is about how we look at media and movies and film and music and this science fiction um through a science fiction lens and also includes a lot of tech and technology and black people having access to technology but it goes beyond that to me because if you had to ask myself if someone asked me what's futuristic to you as a black non-binary person which future what is futuristic to me and what i what i haven't seen enough of yet is black people having access to water black people being collectively healed black people having equitable education collectively um black people um collectively seeing trans trans people protected and um, having and being able to thrive while in life and not just respected. And I don't even think people respect them in death, but not just, you know, bringing attention to them in death. These are things that I have yet to see. Not only have we have yet to see black people in science fiction roles in movies and film, but we have yet to even see clean water and trans women having full, healthy, whole, fulfilling lives. To me, that's futuristic. To me, that's science fiction because it's something I have yet to experience and it's something the collective has yet to experience. And so now I ask, 
my question to everyone else is, what is it in this present day reality that we have yet to see as a collective created by us for us benefiting all aspects? Yeah, and I know some of that stuff sounds really basic or simple to some listeners, but unfortunately and disproportionately, the Black community has not had access to a lot of resources that I feel like are basic necessities because we've been waiting for people to do and create these resources for us when they have not been prioritizing us or cared to. And now we're seeing us create and make sure and prioritize ourselves, which I think is something really important and great that I see us moving towards and doing. Yes, seriously. And it's it's just wild to me to think like, you know, you think of you think of what's futuristic. And for me, if, if this was my first time hearing this question, I just I would say, oh, like, you know, laser beams and black people in space, like in Space Jam. Cool. But like, also, I can't believe but I, I'm living it. So I can believe, you know, it's just like, right, damn, right. like black the idea of black trans women having full whole lives is a futuristic concept and water and being healed or having access to healing i don't think it's such thing as being healed but because to me healing is non-linear but it's just like having access to the things we need to heal these these things are futuristic because they ain't, ain't nothing we've ever seen before right definitely and I feel that that just reminds me of this um, quote or saying that I know that goes something like just because this is the way things are doesn't necessarily mean that's the way things should be or the way things need to be and I think you know as a society and as people we get stuck in systems because we think oh this is the way we've been living and the way we've done it for so long this is the only way but that's not true it's only the way things are done because that's the way we've been doing them and it's a choice that we're making so we also can make a choice to do things differently i agree i think what you just said just made me think of um what the actual principles of black futurism are and i want to say that just because i'm reading off these things as principles doesn't mean that they will always fit moving forward doesn't mean that you know maybe somebody will hear them and challenge something and that's the importance of these principles because one of them i'm going to read them off really quick it's ancestral grounding co-creation trust and transparency experimentation cooperative economics pleasure resilience i personally I don't really like the resilience one, but whatever, we'll go into that later. And transformation. Um, transformation to me is one of the most important ones because it's about staying open to things shifting and changing, your ideals and your values changing. Just because this is the way you thought of it last year or the way that things have always been done doesn't mean that that fits moving forward. Are you going to be able to be open and shift and you know, do the ego death thing and do what's best for the collective at the time because if we come back to the drawing board and we say oh we thought that this was the way to be like best supporting this specific group or interacting with this or holding people accountable in this way and this ain't it no more you got to be ready you got to be ready and it doesn't mean it'll you'll understand it overnight you just have to be open to that process 
Totally right. Um, what don't you like about the resilience part? Can you explain that? I think resilience is romanticized because when you, when I hear the word resilience, I think of how strong are we? Yes, we are strong. We are so strong. But should we have to be? Should the situations that put us in positions to where we are declaring resilience even exist? They should not. Um, I'm here for more pleasure and more rest and, and being proactive enough to create societies and systems and communities where we don't have to test to see how strong someone is or be proud of someone for living through something that they should have never had to see or experience in the first place. I'm here for lessening harm. This doesn't mean that there's there's no way to eliminate there's no way to eliminate situations completely where we won't have to be resilient i just think that it's romanticized just a little bit too much for my liking and instead of resilience i would like to see a, a term or a phrase maybe like lessening harm or being proactive with you know how we interact with our um, communities and those with layered identities i love that is there anything else that you'd like to say and let our listeners know? Otherwise, I'm going to move into the game time tea time with the real or fake news. Yes, there's something else I want to say. Actually, it's just like a phrase that I've been saying lately is if you don't see it, build it. Like, let your creation be your resistance. Um, but what that means specifically for me is that for every moment I'm catching myself arguing with a bigoted asshole, someone transphobic, somebody anti-black. There is a black trans woman or black trans person who isn't those things, who gets the work, who's doing the work. And I'm over here spending this time and energy trying to get people to see me, to accept me, to make space for me when there's already space for me and there are already people who get me or need that support and that energy that I'm giving to these people who have proven to me that they're not ready. And so I want to encourage people to take a lot of that energy we're giving to tearing these systems and, and communities down and these people down to uplifting and making sure the systems and communities and people who already are doing the work and already are ready are thriving because there are communities and people who need you. And you can't lose sight of that when resisting everything else. This doesn't mean to not resist. This doesn't mean to not hold people accountable. It just means that more effort and more energy than, than we're already putting into these things needs to be put into those people in those spaces and making sure that um, those people, spaces and communities are thriving and if they don't already exist, well, you or somebody else now has a job. And you don't have to take it if you don't want to. You can encourage somebody else to, but you need to at least put the word out that is needed and focus on that. Yes, definitely. I love that. Um, and with that, we'll move into game time tea time with real or fake news. And I would like to say that in our last podcast episode, if you heard... Um, in the segment I mentioned, and I still think it is important, that one of the real or fake news I gave was involving the Megan Thee Stallion 
and Kylie Jenner Tory Lanez her getting in an incident and being shot by what we now know is Tory Lanez which we didn't know at the time um and it being a romantic um dispute what I wanted to say is that I don't think it's funny whatsoever nor do we make light of it in the last episode but I think it is important to acknowledge the difference in coverage and how the situation would be played and received in news if it were Jennifer Lawrence per se and not Megan the Stallion so I think it's important that we acknowledge that and we're aware of what's getting coverage and how things are being talked about but the first question and real or fake news I have for you to guess will be true or false the jeep trucks are being recalled if you're familiar with them because they have failed to meet sales goal and are just considered too ugly by the public to sell real or fake news adrian okay i'm gonna say true <laughs> I'm gonna, i actually believe that somebody is pulling these trucks and recalling these shits <laughs> okay so i actually got you and that was fake news jeep trucks unfortunately lol i don't know why i'm so biased towards them i just kind of think they're ugly and quite a design flaw because if you're familiar with just the regular jeep like wranglers just imagine a square back truck being added to that um just not cute honestly um but no shade to jeep just make slightly better looking vehicles but anyways, next, real or fake news. Drake just broke the record for the most top 10 or like charting hits with 40th entry to the Billboard Hot 100. Real or fake news? True. Ah, correct. You got me there. You know, life is too short to pretend like we don't bop to Drake. But yeah, um... It is real news, and Drake is king of the charts, um, which are kind of truly becoming outdated because with streaming becoming so wild and popular and actual record sales and like CDs, that's what Billboard and those charts measure, actual physical CD sales, which is why they've had so much trouble and try to change the rules so people can't bundle merch. But um, your internet friends is going to be doing a merch and zine bundle. And we definitely intend on going platinums with no singles. So you better make sure you buy it when it is available in August, guys. But yeah, that was real news. Congrats to Drake for beating, I think, Madonna out for number 40, his 40th entry. Um, let's move on into the next piece of real and fake news. And... Again, we are not uh, making light of this topic or joking about it, but I'm just going to verbatim read a tweet of Kanye West, and you can let me know whether or not you think this was real or fake. Kanye West tweeted, On God, no more cap. <laughs> that nigga tweeted a lot of shit this week. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. If that was a part of the bullshit, of the stream of shit, so sure, I'll go with true. LOL, and you're not wrong. It is true. Isn't this a beautiful game of real or fake news where 
it's kind of hard to tell what is going on. That right? shit is really funny. It's just it just gets to this point to where you like, damn, you know, when you in shock so much. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that was the conclusion of this episode's game time tea time. Oh my god, did you have fun? I think you had fun. I had fun. <laughs> Great, I did too. Okay, now it's just the last part where we're going to talk about or highlight our internet crush of the week. Um, This can be someone that you have an IRL crush on, or it can just be someone whose content and account or just overall their content and what they're putting out has just been inspiring you. So I can go first or you can. Up to you. Please go first. Okay, so my internet crush of the week is someone that is actually going to be in the next zine issue so shout out to that but um at felt tip feelings f-e-l-t-t-i-p-f-e-e-l-i-n-g-s felt tip feelings on instagram um they're actually like just a really cute um non-binary queer artist and They do really cute little um, illustrations. One that I'm looking at right now is like a blue check mark and says verified. It's okay not to be okay. Um, There's another one that's like a notification. It's like, are you sure you want to delete? Shame. You cannot undo this action. Cancel, delete. Um, Just cute little things and they're all like hand drawn. Um, And I also love that their account isn't always so serious because... I feel like there has been so much been going on lately that sometimes I do like just something a little bit more lighthearted. But yeah, Adrian, would you like to share your internet crush this week? Let me think. So my first one that I am going to shout out. Ooh. Okay, so Kinfolks, K-I-N-F-O-L-X with an underscore on Instagram. So I really, really, really appreciate them. So the purpose of Kinfolks is they're actually a nonprofit organization, but their content is really compelling to me. And I love the way that they're going about doing their work. And what the work is, is conversations with Black women and activists and creatives about their work and its wider role in our global community. So really what they're doing is like finding creative ways to amplify voices. It's really similar to um, what your internet friends is doing. And so basically they are collective care network and they aim to support Black women activists also like through wellness, donations and grants, expanded platform by focusing on how all of these artists and activists are caring for themselves and what they need to feel more supported and they're sharing their causes with a wider audience. So it's really like the amplification of the work that creatives and activists are doing and they're doing it in a really creative way. Like she made this, she interviewed me um, last earlier this week or last week and she created this whole thing with my Instagram my Twitter like this whole little thing making that I think the things that we do a little bit more digestible for people so like if you don't want to sit there and like listen to like every last thing or read every last thing like here's this blurb um the last person I'm scrolling my Twitter this is a um Detroit based artist 
Um, so they, it's their name is the Gold Boss on Twitter. T H E E Gold G O L D and Boss B O S S on Twitter. And then let me try to find their Instagram, and I'll tell you more about what they do really quick. This was really hard to pick my second person, but I have to think about somebody that I don't really talk about that much. Um, so on Instagram, it's the proper aesthetics. T-H-E-E-P-R-O-P-E-R-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. They're a Detroit-based artist, and what they're doing is customizing, like, everything. It's it's glitter. It's butterflies. It's just popping out at you, and it's done in, in an actually cute way. Like, none of it looks gaudy or tacky to me. And <laughs> I'm, I am, like, hard to please with, like, aesthetic things, personally, for me. Um... They are customizing hair picks. Like these hair picks look so sweet. Like baby mother just um, purchased some products from her. Ooh, dope. That's what's up. You know all the cool people. Um, But I just followed both the accounts. And for anyone listening, I'm going to put everyone that was mentioned in the description. So you can go ahead and follow them as well. Uh, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, Adrian, thank you so much for talking with me and being here on your Internet Friends podcast. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Um, for this last part, the logout session, feel free to say where you'd like to be found and any closing thoughts you have. So go ahead. Okay, so like Instagram, I'm on there more than anything, Instagram makes me the happiest out of all the platforms because it's harder to see the bullshit that I don't want to see because it ain't no retweets. <laughs> it's healing the waters, H-E-A-L-I-N-T-H-E-W-A-T-E-R-S on Twitter and Instagram and Afrofuture Youth. Uh, on Twitter, Afrofuture Youth is at A-F-Y-D-E-T. And on Instagram, it's Afrofuture Youth. A-F-R-O-F-U-T-U-R-E-Y-L-U-T-H. Hey, so we have officially reached the end end of this podcast, and I'd like to thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you would like to follow me, this voice you've been listening to, my name has been Isaac, and I use they, them pronouns. Um, you can find me on Instagram at I-S-A-A-C-O-E-N-C-A. And I am on Twitter at Genderless Fruit. It has been so great to talk to Adrian and talk about Afrofuturism, but also talk to another black voice that I see doing amazing things. And I'm so excited to continue to build our relationship and just work with Afrofuture, but also more black people. So stay tuned for that and also more inspiring voices. Subscribe to the podcast and look forward to some exciting merch and second issue of our zine um if you're not already following us on instagram be sure to follow us at your internet friends and at uifz on twitter our podcast original theme music is created by melton john at melton john at instagram be sure to follow him and give him a like and shout out and tell him that you heard this podcast and love the song you're listening to right now this has been your internet friends podcast which is created executive produced and owned by your internet friends and it's been isaac bye